Hello, everyone, and welcome to the InStrive Fat Loss Podcast. I am your host, Diane. I am a therapeutic weight loss specialist in the Muncie office. And today we are going to be talking about weight loss over 40 and why it becomes so difficult to shed those extra pounds the older that we get. What's going on? Why are we having so much trouble? We're going to dive into that today, and hopefully I'm going to be able to give you some good insight as to what's going on, and also some tips on how to start turning this thing around and uh, you know, getting your body to respond a little bit better, despite that age starting to kind of take its toll on your metabolic system. So let's start first by talking a little bit about why, why that becomes hard. Because I mean, I think we all know that as we get older, your body doesn't shed fat as well as it used to. And that is just kind of a fact of life. But if you're over 40 and you do really need to drop some weight, it's not impossible. And that's what I really want the takeaway to be here today is that it is a possibility to burn fat and to become healthier and to get that weight off no matter your age, but we have to approach fat loss differently at 45 than we do at 25. So why are things going south? What's going on? Well, the first thing I want to touch on is decreasing of the hormones and a decreased hormone level is very normal. As we get older, you're undergoing, you know, normal, completely um, regular hormonal changes that both men and women experience as they get older. And that does help to kind of explain why middle age becomes prime time for kind of packing on those pounds. But it doesn't mean that there's nothing we can do about it. And also for some people, the decline in your hormones can drop well below an age appropriate level. While a decline is normal, you know, bottoming out is not normal. So we'll, we'll talk a little about that too. Not going to touch on that a whole lot today. There are other, you know, episodes of this podcast, like an episode completely and totally devoted to hormones. You can listen to if you do want a little bit more information on uh, that abnormal hormonal dip. So let's start for women. For women, the biggest thing that's going to cause those hormonal changes, of course, is menopause. So that tends to occur for most of the ladies out there between the ages of 45 and like 55. That's kind of the the typical 10-year range where women will go through menopause, 55 being a very high end of the spectrum. Most women are through it by then, 45 being um, a little on the low side, 50 being about the average. What that's going to do is cause a significant drop in estrogen. And that drop in estrogen is what actually encourages the extra pounds to start settling in around your belly. Belly fat is typically the first red flag that, uh, you know, you're going to see when you start going through that hormonal shift of perimenopause, of course, leading up to menopause when it will be at its peak, when you'll notice those changes most significantly. And that shift in fat storage is kind of noticeable because you're storing it on your belly. So, uh, you know, you've got a protrusion on your stomach, a pooch, if you will, that wasn't there before. And for a lot of women, that's really stressful. They really have a uh, dislike for that excess belly fat. They feel very self-conscious about it. And just also from a health standpoint, I mean, storing excess belly fat increases your risk of high blood pressure, 
heart disease, cholesterol, type two diabetes. So excess belly fat is not a good thing, guys. And even though, yes, it is normal to start to acquire some of that as we're going through this period of our lives, it shouldn't just be, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Definitely not. We want to make sure we are at our healthiest and there, there are some things we can do about it. So in addition to that fluctuation in estrogen during, you know, perimenopause and menopause, the years leading up to menopause also cause mood fluctuations. And those mood fluctuations can be uh, becoming a little bit more depressed or, you know, I like to say weepy. I think you guys know what I mean by that, but things make you cry more than they used to. So maybe that there never really used to be too much of an imbalance there. You weren't someone who was overly emotional and maybe we weren't too sensitive to certain things, but now you recognize that you cry much easier. Things bother you more than they used to. They sit very differently with you. If something upsets you, it's not uh, as easy to kind of just blow it off and move forward. Uh, also can be anger and irritability. It doesn't have to be depression or anxiety. It can, it can be, you know, anger, irritability, just getting a little more ticked off than you used to at maybe minor things. Uh, and also it makes it hard when you're feeling like that to stick to a healthy diet. A lot of times if you're feeling poor, you gravitate toward foods that you know are going to make you feel better. And don't kid yourself, there is a, a severe tie between unhealthy foods and of course the amount of sugar they contain and that release of serotonin and dopamine we get from consuming those foods because our bodies do become addicted to sugar chemically. So that that is a slippery slope. It can lead into a bit of a problem area. And sticking to that healthy diet gets harder when we're emotionally not feeling fantastic. Also, if you are someone that exercises, of course, that can impact that as well. And it's a little bit more difficult to stick to that exercise program you've been doing. Uh, again, when your emotions are all over the map or you're just not feeling like yourself or you're just tired all the time, you've got anxiety, depression, you know, you're moody. As a result of a lot of those things, that transition period when you're going from perimenopause to menopause, most women are going to see an increase. And the average increase in your weight during that time frame is about 10 pounds. Now, some women are going to gain less than that. Some women are going to gain a lot more than that. But it's very, very normal for most women to see a natural increase in their weight of about or around 10 pounds. So men, let's talk about men for a minute. Men, on the other hand, are going to experience a drop in obviously not estrogen, but testosterone as they age. And that will begin to decline naturally around the age of 40. And a guy loses, I would say, one to 2% of his uh, testosterone per year. But because that's responsible for obviously, among other things, regulating fat distribution and you know retaining your muscle strength and mass, lower testosterone levels can can make the body much less effective at burning calories. So lean muscle mass is directly responsible for how many calories your body can burn. There's a, you know, a definite difference in how much fat, you know, your, or I should say calories you're able to burn if your body has more muscle than it does fat. So as we age and our muscle mass decreases, that causes a problem. We're going to get into that more in just a moment here. And then the other thing, and this is in both men and women, your pituitary glands production of uh, growth hormone is going to slow down when you start hitting middle age and of course onward from there. So that hormone, one of the main functions is that it actually builds and maintains your muscle mass. 
So when you have less growth hormone being produced, it's a lot harder for your body to make and maintain muscle, which of course is going to, like I said, impact the, how many calories you're burning. Cause if you're not, you know, having that muscle retained, the body burns less just naturally. It's kind of like a snowball effect guys. You start accumulating more fat on your body. You have less lean body mass, you burn fewer calories, and that just kind of keeps adding up over time. So I know it feels like the DAC is just stacking against you. And to some extent it is, but it's not a life sentence. It's not something you have to live with. It's not something that we can't make a difference in. It's just really good to know why you're where you are. Because a lot of times people come in and they'll talk to me in a consultation or us, I should say, in a consultation. And they'll say, you know, I don't know what's going on. Whenever I had weight coming on before, I always knew what to do to take it off. But now the things that I have been relying on as my weight loss tools do not work anymore. And I don't know why. Understanding that you are a different body than you were at 25 when you are 45 is a big part of this. The same things that worked for your 25-year-old body will not necessarily work for your 45-year-old body. You have to approach fat loss from a different standpoint, because if you don't, if you're just relying on, you know, reducing calories, like, again, there's a full episode on that, a couple of them. So feel free to listen to those. Lowering calories is not going to speed up your metabolism. Lowering calories is going to slow it down and the older we get, we can't afford to slow that metabolism down any further than it already is going on its own. That's important to understand. Okay, so muscle loss. Let's touch a little more on that. People will naturally lose muscle over 40. And that, I mean, I need to pick on women, but that's kind of especially in the case of women because after menopause, um, you know, muscle loss becomes a, a lot more prevalent. It, it's at a much greater rate. You lose more of it. You are uh, finding it harder to retain that lean muscle, uh, which is kind of why when you are someone who's into exercise, if you're beyond 40 years old, as much as cardio has benefit, they do recommend kind of doing a little bit more of the strength training side of things because you are really in need of that type of an exercise that helps to retain your muscle. Now, InStrive, of course, is a no exercise required program. We're approaching fat loss from a metabolic standpoint, but I am putting in that piece for any of you out there who do enjoy going to the gym or doing physical activity. Just know that sometimes switching your workout efforts from more of the uh, you know, aerobic exercise and more of the cardio exercise to more of the strength training and muscle building exercise, and I don't mean you know trying to become Arnold Schwarzenegger here, guys, but building up that muscle will actually benefit you much more at this stage in your life. So let's get back into what the issue here is. Muscle burns more calories than fat. That's why when people are, you know, bodybuilders and they're able to eat a lot more food and they have to eat a lot more food, they're doing so because that muscle is constantly burning. Having a lot of muscle on your body requires a lot of calories to keep it going. So your, your body burns off a ton of calories when you have a lot of muscle mass. That's why the same is true when you have very little muscle mass and a lot of body fat, it is going to take your metabolism down considerably. And it makes it very, very difficult to shake those you know stubborn excess pounds that you're dealing with. 
what we need to start working on here is not necessarily making you go buy a gym membership. That's not what I'm saying, but doing things that are going to preserve your lean muscle as you are burning off fat. That's the key here. And that is totally and completely what the InStrive program focuses on. We do not want you losing muscle. We want you holding on to your lean muscle. We want you burning fat. We want you getting healthier. We want you speeding up your metabolism. So this is not a calorie reductive diet. This is not something that's going to risk that loss of lean muscle. And certainly if you aren't familiar with the program, if you're just, you know, listening to this podcast as someone who has not had a consultation, when you do decide to have a consultation here with InStrive and one of our therapeutic specialists, we will explain fully how we do that, what the difference is, how we ensure that you're retaining muscle and burning the right thing. So now that you understand a little bit about, um, you know, why this is happening to you and why that downward shift in your body, both hormonally and metabolically and muscle ratio wise can really cause these, you know, changes to occur where weight loss is much more difficult. Let's talk about some changes you can make right now to start making it a little more easy. I want to give you some tips today because I know not everyone out there right now is a member of this plan that's listening to this. And if you're not a member of this plan and you don't have the guidance of our therapeutic weight loss specialists and dietitians and our RN, it might be more difficult for you to know, okay, well, you're telling me what's going on, but you're not telling me how to fix it. And I don't want to leave you guys hanging. I want to give you some, some tips here. Obviously, I do recommend if uh, you are looking to lose weight and burn fat, definitely calling us and setting up a consultation because I promise you we've got some pretty good strategies to help you lose no matter your age. I mean, let's keep it real here. 25 is an advantage. We all know that at 25, you've got the metabolism of a racehorse, so you can burn a lot easier. But 45 isn't a you know, a disadvantage. It's just something you can't change. It's just a number that we can't alter. But what we can alter is the strength of your metabolism. What we can alter is the nutritional quality of the food you're eating that builds your body, you know, on a nutrient basis and on a metabolic basis and that help your body to burn the right thing and retain that muscle and balance those hormones naturally through food choices. There are things we can do. If you've been stuck in a rut and you tried a lot of other things, this definitely is something I would consider at least learning more about with one of our counselors here. So let's get into those tips. How do we make this better starting right now? Well, the first thing I want to talk to you about is carbohydrates, because I know that a lot of us out there, especially at this time and, um, you know, I guess the history for lack of a better way to put it, but we all know everyone and their brother is focusing on keto, Right. I know you guys have heard keto. I know you guys have seen keto. I know that you know someone doing keto. And I know that you probably are thinking, well, yeah, I know someone that did keto and they lost a lot of weight. So the, the thing with a diet that eliminates carbohydrate is that they are tricking your body into fat loss to some extent. You will burn fats if you eliminate carb, but you also are not really uh, teaching or training your body to do better with it. So when you add it back in, when you are adding carbohydrate back in, when you're tired of living on nothing but meat, cheese, and fat, your body doesn't know really how to deal with it well. And it's been in a state of deprival 
So you start packing that weight right back on. And many, many people that have lost weight on a diet like keto then turn around and gain all of that weight back, if not more, when they stop doing keto. That's one of the big drawbacks there. So the truth about carbohydrates is that they're fuel and they're, and you need them. That's, you know, you, you absolutely do need the kind of fuel that comes from carbohydrate to power your brain day to day. It's a, it's a metabolic requirement. So you can get that from whole food sources that are not the ones that are going to make your scale go crazy. That's the thing to remember. If you're getting carb from the right place, if you're getting it from the right source, like fresh fruit, for example, that type of a carbohydrate is, you know, completely bundled with vitamins, minerals, fiber, antioxidants. That's going to give you all of those important nutrients that your body needs while still sustaining those blood sugar levels that are needed, not excess blood sugar, but the amount of blood sugar required to keep you in good health. Because guys, cutting out carbs completely deprives your body of a lot of those good nutrients and it's going to lead to some side effects. It's going to lead to things like constipation, fatigue, irritability, not to mention that it is not sustainable. Again, you're, it's not something, ask yourself any time that you are trying to lose weight and you start to do something, the first question I want you to ask yourself is, is this something I can live with for the rest of my life? If it's not, that's not a sustainable weight loss solution. All right, second tip, eat more veggies. I mean, a lot more veggies because truthfully, we should be starting with veggies and building our meals around them. Eating enough veggies every day is vital. It's going to provide you with a lot of nutrients. It's going to give you a lot of disease protection and prevention. It's going to increase your fullness. It's going to add volume to your meals. It's going to help to regulate your blood sugar and insulin levels. It's going to support digestion. Guys, veggies are very important. And if you're one of these people that I see every now and again who say, but I don't like vegetables, let's try to find at least a few you do like. Because if you're not eating them, your weight loss journey is going to become a lot harder. They're very, very essential to so many different things in your metabolic system and in your body. Eating those vegetables is going to be so important when you're trying to change some of these patterns. And with women who are, and I shouldn't just say women, women and men who are over 40, they're a lot of times lacking in their veggie intake. You know, call it that you're busy, call it that you are, you know, focused on other things, family, job, career, hobbies, you know, you name it. We're very much grab and go people. We are eaters of convenience at that stage in our life. And we will continue to have an issue if we are just getting food that is, you know, readily available in the refrigerator, regardless of its nutritional quality. So because you're lackluster in your veggie intake, and truthfully, only 9%, guys, 9% of adults eat, are eating the minimum recommended intake of veggies per day. So if you are eating too little, eating more can make big changes. And, and these changes I'm talking about right now, these, these tips I'm giving you, these are things that I want you to think of as, you know, maybe you're not ready to commit to an entire overhaul on your lifestyle and eating habits. Maybe you're not in that place. Some of us aren't. Hey, no shame there. It's okay if you're not ready to say, I, I have to give up my breads. I have to give up my pasta. I have to give up my pizza once a week. 
it's awesome if you're in a place where you're able to do that. And I obviously would suggest that the more of those problematic foods that you are ready to give up, the better. But if you're not, let's start making some changes that are realistic ones. Like, you know, we talked a little about those carbs. So instead of that over-processed bread, maybe tonight think butternut squash is a better carb. A sweet potato is a better carb. You know, there's better carbohydrates than just pasta and bread and, you know, breakfast cereal and things like that, that you can do, but still get that carbohydrate that you're feeling like you need at that stage or with the vegetables, maybe your meals have mostly been based around, you know, the protein or mostly a carb. Let's change that. Let's make it so that the, the hero of that meal is the vegetable and go from there. Small changes can start leading to bigger results. The other thing I do want to mention quickly before we move on from, you know, the carb thing and is that I want you to kind of think of carbs as a small add-on to a meal rather than the main attraction. When it's the main attraction, it's going to be a problem for almost anyone. When it's a small add-on and the, the real, you know, bulk of your meal is coming from vegetables and protein, definitely not as much. Uh, of an issue there. It, it won't cause as much of a problem for your diet or your scale. Alcohol. If you're careful with alcohol, this can be a game changer. If you're someone who drinks regularly, if you drink wine or beer almost daily or weekly, this part is going to be something you want to listen to because a lot of the clients that we see, they don't actually notice the scale moving until they cut back on alcohol or just take a break entirely from drinking, depending on, you know, how far gone that that is. It's because alcohol breaks down very, very quickly into sugar once it hits your digestive system and elevations in your blood sugar that cause those elevations in your insulin. Um, they have a negative effect on weight loss effort because your body will drop its ability to burn fat every time they happen. And when alcohol is consumed, breaking it down is the body's top priority. So the food you're eating right along with that alcohol is a lot less likely to be burned. And, and that's especially when you're dealing with a slow metabolic system. Is And you know you are, right? When we're over 40, we know that our metabolic system has declined. So when you take into consideration also that alcohol will not fully metabolize out of your body for about three days after you consume it, you can start to understand why drinking alcohol on a regular basis becomes a major weight loss pitfall for many people. And it also is going to tend to lower your inhibitions and stimulate your appetite when you're drinking. So on top of it, just in general, being a, you know, a metabolic issue, I guess, for lack of a better word, it's going to cause you to wind up eating more probably doing some mindless eating while you're drinking, right? And what of us hasn't grabbed the nachos while we're, you know, putting back a drink or two because they look real good and we start to feel hungry and we're not even thinking about how, uh, you know, unmetabolically sound that food choice is. We're just thinking, man, those nachos look good. I know I've done it. I'm sure you've all done it. And alcohol really does lower that inhibition. When you're drinking too much alcohol, it can also disrupt your sleep and restful sleep is very important to weight loss. Uh, if you're not sleeping at least seven hours a night, chances are good that you are 
in a place where metabolically your body is going to struggle a little bit. It, it's not a ton. So I know that some of us aren't able to get that full night's sleep, but if you are sleeping too little on a regular basis, just know if there's the ability to get more, please do so because about 15% um, more weight or more fat is burned when we are sleeping at least seven hours a night on a regular basis. Uh, okay. Other thing with alcohol is that it, it tends to be a belly fat accumulator. You know about beer bellies. We've all seen or heard about beer bellies. That's a real thing. You know, you do accumulate fat on your stomach when it is in uh, turn based on that excessive alcohol consumption. So cutting back on alcohol is going to be a, a real key here. If cutting out the drinks altogether isn't realistic, I want you to try to think about a strategy to maybe make it uh, a more metabolically friendly plan, like commit to maybe you're only drinking on the weekends or you're curbing your consumption to maybe one drink per day maximum. Just keep in mind, the more that you are adding alcohol in, the harder it's going to be for your body to burn fat, the harder it's going to be to reach your goal. So you really have to kind of put those on, on you know, a balance scale in your mind and weigh out how important it is to you to continue drinking alcohol versus how important it is to you to reach your, your weight loss goals ultimately. Next tip, don't eat diet food or go on a diet. So this one is going to be invaluable. A lot of the clients that come into InStrive who are in their 40s are stuck in that outdated weight loss mindset mentality that they've been pretty much preached to their entire lives. One of those is involving eating diet foods or highly processed products that are you know, made with artificial chemicals and they're engineered to be lower in calories, carbs, sugar, fat. These products are not healthy. That's not a good thing to fuel your body with. Anything that is taken away from its natural state to that extent is not going to be something that you want to fuel your body with if you're intending to make it thrive. That is not real food. I mean, yeah, it's ingestible. Does that, but is it real food? No, it's processed you know, highly processed junk, really. I mean, even if they slap a label on it that tells you it's healthy or diet or low fat, it doesn't mean that's really healthy. And those kind of foods can truly wreak havoc in your metabolic system. They trigger inflammation. They alter your healthy gut bacteria. So, you know, your gut is, a, is tied a lot to weight management. And if your gut bacteria is off, that can cause some pretty big problems. They overtax your immune system. Processed food is still processed food if it's, you know, marked as a healthy or low fat or diet food. It doesn't change that. It's still processed. They're unsatisfying. They're not good for you. And I do recommend just kind of eliminating these things entirely from your diet, if at all possible. So we want to get you away from those and more into whole foods, whole foods being your, your fruits, your vegetables, your proteins, your fats, those kind of foods increase calorie burning. So eating real food is going to help you lose weight. I mean, regardless of calorie intake, really, I, I, I know that sounds kind of uh, crazy, but because, and it only sounds crazy to you guys, because our whole lives, we've been preached at to eat less and move more, which isn't always the answer, but that whole food eating does work 
to start the body burning fat, even if you haven't really cut back too much on calories. I've seen it before. So if you're just kind of trying to switch off and not really looking at the calorie thing, now guys, those of you on the InStrike program that are listening to this, please know that the tips that I am giving today and in a lot of our episodes are not specific to InStrive clients. This podcast is meant to help the general public get healthier, learn more, you know, increase their education on these things. So if I say things and you're going, now, wait a minute, I can't eat that or I'm not supposed to do that. Or what do you mean? That's not what I learned with my counselor last week. This is not geared only to people on active fat loss. This is geared toward people who are doing their best to lead a healthier lifestyle who have gotten through our program and are now in maintenance and those of you in fat loss. There's a lot of great information you can take away from these things if you're in active fat loss, but not everything you hear me say is designed specifically for those of you who are current clients. So please don't misunderstand the things I'm saying if it is different than what you've been hearing, you know, as far as your particular program in your one-on-one consultation or your follow-ups with your counselor. And also keep in mind that everyone's program is a little bit different. That's why we customize them. So when I say switching to whole foods and sticking to those healthier proteins, vegetables, you know, fruits, fats, if you're just kind of starting where you're at, and like I said, you're not really ready to jump in with both feet and do a complete overhaul, start thinking differently about your options. So instead of like a low calorie frozen meal that you would normally go for, make a big batch of hearty homemade chili, have some chili, have a side salad, top it with some avocado. It's a really great healthy fat. In place of those reduced fat, nasty cookies that you've been eating, cut up an apple, grab some almond butter, or even do a few squares of dark chocolate. These are better options than the stuff that is processed junk. Healthy, sustainable weight loss is not about dieting or eating diet foods or, you know, low fat foods or processed junk foods. Deprivation and yo-yo diets backfire. You need to opt for a mentality of balance. And I don't want you to undereat, but I also don't want you to overeat. It's kind of finding that Zen spot in your diet where you're eating enough, but not too much and keeping your focus on nutrition, not restriction. So don't be of a restrictive mindset. Oh, I can't have that. I can't have this. Oh, I can't have that. Oh my gosh, what can I eat? I can't have anything. No, a negative mind doesn't bring a positive result, okay? So focus instead on nutrition, not what you can't have, but fueling your body with delicious, healthy, nutritionally sound foods that are gonna ramp up your metabolism and are going to start, you know, increasing that breakdown of fat, that body fat that you want to get rid of. So stay well hydrated is the is one of the other things I want to touch on with you. It's real easy to confuse the sensation of thirst for hunger. I'm sure you've heard that before. Most weight loss programs out there or just, you know, healthy eating programs in general talk about that. So really let's focus on if you are feeling like you, you're getting that I need to eat something, you know, vibe, but you just ate lunch or you just ate dinner, try having a glass of water instead. Don't go for like those calorie rich beverages like soda or, you know, your, your fancy Starbucks coffee drinks or fruit juices. Those aren't going to help. Go for something very, very hydrating and, you know, not highly caloric, like, you know, water and 
that is not only going to make you, you know, more hydrated and benefit you in that way, but if it is truly thirst and not hunger you're dealing with, it's going to satisfy that. And also staying hydrated ramps up your metabolism. Again, it's another way to speed up your metabolism and increase that shedding of excess body fat as you're breaking it down. So really important. Let's say that you are really feeling like you have to indulge in something that, you know, you're getting these cravings and you can't seem to stave them off. You really just are struggling with that. You're not sure what to do about it, but you, you're just dying for a piece of candy or a cookie or, you know, any of those things you normally would indulge in. So let's talk about what I would recommend indulging in when that craving occurs. If you can't deny it, because remember, this isn't about, uh, you know, deprivation. We said that this is more about nutrition than deprivation. Go for dark chocolate, dark chocolate. And now I'm not talking about just like your special dark Hershey bar here. I'm talking about a 70% dark chocolate. And if you go in the candy aisle, you'll see these, they have little squares that you can buy either in individual, in a bag, in a bar. If you're someone that has trouble with moderation, I would not necessarily bring home the bag because you can still overeat on this, but it is a much better option than doing, you know, some of the other things out there to indulge that craving. So 70% dark chocolate, when consumed moderately is going to help you pass on some of those other less satisfying, highly, you know, calorie and carb laden things that we normally would reach for. Choosing the right thing makes a big difference when you're trying to stay on track with your goals. And dark chocolate is low in calories for the most part, fairly low. And that's compared, of course, to other, you know, chocolate things that you might be eating. It does provide antioxidants. It does provide fiber and magnesium. And magnesium is really great. It's tied to relaxation, improved sleep, better mood. So enjoying an ounce of dark chocolate now and again is not going to really cause too much trouble with your waistline, but it will help to curb that sweet tooth you're dealing with and keep you on track and moving forward with your healthy goals. Guys, I hope that you got something out of this today. I really do. Uh, losing weight when you are of a certain age can become pretty hard. I know that I'm personally uh, someone who has experienced that. I am in my 40s and I am in the same boat as a lot of you ladies out there that I've noticed the things I did before do not necessarily work the same as they used to. I used to be one of those people that, not that I could eat anything I wanted, don't take it that way, but I didn't really have to worry too much as long as I wasn't going crazy and I wasn't really overeating, I could maintain my weight pretty well. I didn't have a lot of ups and downs in my weight. Then I got into my forties and that completely changed. And I noticed that if I ate some of those foods that I enjoyed that I knew were not the best nutritional choices, I would absolutely start to see an increase on the scale. And if I, you know, didn't, you know, be careful with eating too much or larger portions or getting seconds or things like that, boy, my scale would show it pretty rapidly. I mean, I was getting some increases there real quick, much different than what I was used to. And I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate to what I'm saying. When that happens, you feel like you don't know yourself anymore. Like your body is just taking this shift that you just don't know what to do with. If that's you, if I'm singing your song here, and if, you know, you're feeling like, that's the, the, the exact experience you've been going through, noticing the belly fat packing on a little bit, the low energy, the mood swings, all those things. 
I can tell you that a lot of what you're feeling is natural, but it's not something we can't help with. And it's not something there isn't help for. It's not something where you have to give up hope and just accept I've gotten older. So now I guess I'm just going to have to live with this. If you're not a client, give us a call. We want to talk to you. We want to teach you a little bit more about what we do here and see if Binstrive would be a good fit for you. If you are a client and this is something you feel like, you know, you want more information on or want to talk to your counselor a little bit deeper about, please let us know. That's what we're here for. We want to help you learn more and grow and, you know, get through these hard times. And that's why you have us. And if you're someone who isn't there yet, like I said, who just wants to start from where you're at, try to get a little healthier and do the best you can. Start implementing some of those tips we talked about today. It can do nothing but benefit your body. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Diane, a senior therapeutic weight loss specialist here with InStrive. I always love meeting with you guys on this podcast and talking to you about these things that I find so interesting and so important, and I hope you do too. And we will be back again next Wednesday for a brand new episode. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great day.